Hi, Dr. Gary here on the road. We are dental practice brokers nationwide. We sell dental practices. Today's topic is, you may want to think twice about trying to sell your dental practice on your own. We'll get into what happened today, just a couple hours ago. So, as you know, we're in 28 states now selling dental practices. We are a team of 10. Now we have two CPA accountants, marketing director, advertising uh, director, operations director. So we got a pretty good team to service you and five development acquisition people. We have a great team to take care of any of your needs. We're now available to you, uh, let's see, from 8 a.m., to 9 p.m. every day except Christmas and Easter. So call us if you have a question, a concern, uh, buyer, seller, it doesn't matter. We're more than happy to help you. And we can give you information that we think will be critical to your decision-making in the future. So just give us a ring about that and we'll, uh, we'll get on top of everything for you, okay? Now the information you're about to hear is for entertainment purposes only. Uh, it's not legal or business advice. So we've been doing the dental practice brokerage for 13 years. I was a dentist for 25, and we hope to bring you cutting-edge information live from the street, so to speak, or from the front lines. That's what we achieved to do. So what happened, and uh, we'll talk about what happened today. But also remember, if you're thinking about selling to the large DSOs, we work with them all. We are independent from them, but when we work with them, often they will pay our commission. So there'll be no commission to the seller. And if you work with us, I can sometimes get your legal fees reimbursed upon successful closing. And we've done that a number of times. It works out quite well, based on certain criteria, of course. So the, um, the topic for today is how can one conversation, one conversation, keep a deal alive? All right? Um, obviously, we're a broker. We don't suggest ever trying to sell your practice on your own. I mean, there's something new to learn every day, and I've been doing this for 13 years, hundreds of transactions. Every one of them is different. And we had a situation where specifically, because we were the broker involved with our knowledge, I believe we kept the deal alive. This is a multi-million dollar deal. I believe we kept the deal alive because of that. Excuse me, it's getting sunny here in New Jersey, which is fantastic. Often rains here. Getting ready for Memorial Day weekend soon. Should be wonderful. So we have a situation that um, the buyers, this is a, you know one of the DSO deals buying a large multi, uh, you know, expensive practice. And the D, the DSO wants to speak to the employee doctors. And that's important because they've got to firm up like salary requirements and, and hourly, you know, commission pay and what it's going to be. They want to establish that. The doctor that's working there seems to be presently making a lot of money, but also getting a very reasonable um, percentage. And it's it's very it's fair to the seller, very fair to the to the associate. Associates making a lot of money. Um, so what's happening is that um, the we're at a bit of an impasse. 
the seller really doesn't want to let the DSO talk to the buyer, the DSO. So the seller doesn't want the DSO talking to the associate doctor. He's afraid if the deal doesn't go through, you know, he's going to lose the doctor. Doctor starts getting nervous. You know, can, I can understand that. So on the other hand, the TSO has to know what they're sort of getting into so they can create a pro, you know, pro form. They can create what their EBITDA is, what their, their, uh, the costs are going to be going forward. EBITDA is your net, uh, um, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. In other words, your true profit while factoring back in the doctor's uh, um, salary. You always got to figure that back in because they don't, DSOs don't work the practice. It's rare that they have people at work and they want the doctor to stay there. So they've got to figure out what your EBITDA is uh, ahead of time. To do that, they've got to speak to the doctor, make sure he's comfortable, the doctor, at his per uh, salary range, which is really fair. And uh, they would like to keep it that way. And the doctor seems to be happy. So therefore, they can produce um, a great value. Because the seller's asking, well, give us a ballpark. What do you think the practice is worth before we let you talk to the doctor? If you're out of the ballpark, we're not going to let you speak to him. And they're saying, the DSO is saying, well, we can't give you a value until we, you know, had a conversation with the doctor and to figure out what the other staff employees are going to be getting. We need that information before we can give it to you. And, and I understand that. Got to put the glasses on again. Sorry. Um, I do understand with the DSO. Here's the problem. When you try to sell this on your own because the buyer doesn't know the DSO, wasn't that comfortable, just can't take the DSO's word, they called me because I'm the broker of record. And they say, Gary, whoa, you know, I'm really worried here. If we don't like the number they're going to come up with, we're going to lose staff members. Uh, we just don't want to do this. We want them to give us a ballpark. I explained why they can't get a ballpark. But what I did was I built confidence. All right? Because at this point, the buyer can't speak to the seller. Because they kind of don't trust each other a little bit. That is, they're very wary. So they're not speaking to each other. Um, no, they're not upset at each other. They're just like, you're at the point of the conversation. Well, you know, I don't know you that well, the seller. And the buyer is uh, the buyer doesn't know the seller. The seller doesn't know the buyer. They've met a few times, sure. They've spoken a few times, sure. But I was the one that has worked with the buyer before, the DSO buyer. I've worked with them before. I know what they're like. I was in contract with them before. I know what they are like when the going gets tough. So I could vouch for the DSO buyer. But when you're trying to sell it on your own, you don't have a middle person. You can't turn to your attorney like this because your attorney most likely has no experience or history with the um, with the buyer. No history. I have the history. So my one conversation as of today appears to be keeping this deal on track and not go sideways. Okay. It is my one conversation. It's based on experience. This is where you need brokers. Yeah, it may only come in for one phrase, but right now it's one sentence, one conversation, one tenement alone conversation. I built the confidence in the seller. It was the seller and the seller's like, you know, sort of uh, advisor, I guess you'd call it. And, and that's what we did. But I could only talk to him 
and communicate with him because I'm the middle. I'm in the middle. I'm the third party. Okay, so it worked out well today. This conversation went great. It was like, okay, Gary, I got it. I built his confidence. You, as a seller, it's not that easy. That if you're selling one-on-one, -on -one, you and the buyer going back and forth, you have no interim person and you can't rely on your attorneys for this. Attorneys are great, you need the attorneys. But in this instance, we're really pre-attorney because we don't even have a letter of intent yet. So it, we're not really negotiating prices and so forth now. We're merely setting up the framework to create an offer. Um, and it's just not gonna work. Uh, you don't need an attorney at this point because they're not even engaged because nothing has happened. I do feel an attorney should be engaged as soon as the letter of intent comes out, but under this circumstance, it's different. So it is that communication that the broker has, the history the broker has with the buyer, a lot of it goes, that, that's what goes into it. And that's what you're paying for when you have a broker. This broker today, I feel I kept this deal alive. And this is a multi-million dollar deal. At least to this point, I've kept it alive. I've also communicated to the buyer what the expectations are. You know, the seller, what sort of what the market value is right now, what factor of EBITDA, et cetera, are we at right now? So you've got to communicate. You've got to get that word across. And once you get that across, it's, uh, you know, that could smooth out the conversation. But remember, when it's you against the buyer, back on back, you need somebody in the middle. Great talking to you. We have a lot more stories coming up. Please listen. I think we have an email blast going up. If you like all this information, hit that subscribe button so you'll get alerted because we're doing a lot of videos. We're at 305, I think, now. All right. Thank you. Bye.